Today's scripture is from John 9, 1 through 12. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Shalom. This word means sent. So the man went and washed, and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Shalom and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. Thank you, Andrew. Good morning. Today we celebrate the Pentecost. And the Pentecost is, again, and always, the very important moment in the, in the, in the church life. And this also prepares us to the return of Jesus Christ. And reading this, this text, actually, Andrew read this text in John chapter 9. This shows one of the most beautiful stories of healing performed by Jesus. It's the most detailed miracle in the entire New Testament. This shows show us something important. But it's also the most detailed anguish or agony of a human being trying to find answers to the questions of life. And it's about exactly this, questionings of the heart that we are talking about today. Always we have questions. Sometimes we question God. God, why are you doing this or that in our lives? God, why this is happening to us? I don't know about you. I, most of my life, I had those kind of questions in my heart. And one of the questions in these stories was, why this man was born blind? Look at, look at your Bible again on John chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. 
His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Have you done this kind of questions? You have, made, you have asked yourself questions that bring agony to your soul? Questions for which we don't find any answers. Some of these questions are related to human suffering and injustice. For example, why there is so much hunger in the world? Questions is, like, why are there so many wars in the world? Why is there so much evil in the world? Or questions closer to us. Why do we suffer? Why was my child born with that illness? Why did I lose my job? Why did my parents pass away? Questions that come to our, our soul and we simply don't find answers. And we keep questioning, God, what, are, what is happening with me, around me, with my family? Where are my children that I don't know where they are? Where my, my, my brother, my sister, I don't know where they are. Question is this always, sometimes they, they took our, our sleep away. That, that drains our energy. Jesus' answer was quite clear. Jesus said, neither this man nor this parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. There are things that happen to us that we don't understand in that specific moment. I'll give an example. When my family and I were living in Angola, we lived there for, the first ter term was for fa 40 years. And then 150 days before the day that we should travel to Brazil, we start to read the, the book of Psalms from the end to the beginning. So Psalms 150, 149. So we knew the day, how many days we are expecting for, for our travel. But on the day 30, my youngest daughter, Fernanda, that most of you already met her, she had paratyphos. And paratyphos is a illness caused by salmonella. And she got very sick. She spent, on that period of a month, she spent 22 days 
literally inside the bathroom. She was seven years old. On that time, she weighed 52, 52 pounds. At the end of the month, she had 22 pounds. You can't imagine how many hours Say and I were crying, suffering, with lots of questions. God, what's going on? We're here serving you. We came to the mission field to, to serve you. You brought us to this, to this country. On that time, we lived in Angola, we were under the civil war. No doctors, no medicines, no place to go. And Angola on that time was under the communism rule. So to leave the country, we had to submit a requesting of authorization to leave the country. And that authorization should be, come from the, the government. Usually they spent a week to give such an authorization. But that specific one they gave us only 30 days after. Seeing our daughter, in, according to our eyes, living, dying, we had nothing more to do than put our knees on the ground, on the floor, pray and cry. You say and I, we, we always was in our turn, staying with our daughter inside the bathroom, living there, sleeping there, seeing our daughter going or leaving. Even though we could understand what was happening on that specific time, but because of that, we saw lots of works of God around us. Then afterwards, we, we saw back and you, you saw the, the, the hand of God in our lives. For example, there was a pastor, local pastor, that for some reason that I never understood, he always said the missionaries were in Angola just because it was good for them, for the missionaries. That specific pastor started to come to our, to, our, to our home and prayed with us at least two hours every day, praying for our daughter, and we saw his, his heart being changing how he views missionaries in Angola. Another pastor, he brought us meal every day, specifically on the day that we were in front of the immigration department waiting for a passport that was supposed to deliver it to, to us at 8 a.m. on that day, and they gave us our passport at 6 p.m. And we had flights from our town 
only once a week, and we lost our flight. The only option that we had was drive to the next border country, it's called Namibia, 18 hours driving, leaving 6 p.m. during civil war, very dangerous in the streets, on the roads, but we had no other option because we had to fly from Johannesburg, South Africa, to Sao Paulo, Brazil. At midnight, I couldn't drive anymore. I stopped because I knew that it was a Lutheran mission uh, on, the, on the road to go to Namibia. We stopped there at 12, 12 p.m., midnight. No one knew me. And I also had no information about them, only that was a Lutheran church. We knocked the door. They opened the door, and they received us in their house knowing nothing about us. We have a depth of love to them. And because of that, we made new friends. After that, we went to, to Vinduk, Namibia's capital, knowing no one, nothing. And then I re- God put in my mind to knock a door that we knew that was uh, Finnish missionaries in Namibia. We knocked the door. We didn't know them. They knew nothing about us. We knocked the door and asked, I, we don't have place to leave our car. And in a blink of eye, he said, live here. And he kept our, our car for almost, almost six months. Because of that, we had new friends. And we spent all our money in that travel, so we had nothing, even a dollar, even a single, to go to Brazil. Only the flight tickets. When we arrived in Sao Paulo, with our daughter crying, asking for something to drink, something to eat, I said, oh, we have to wait for the next flight. At least we can eat inside the plane. And Isaiah said, and Isaiah said, go to the ATM. Let's see if you have something there. Then you say, you are, you are crazy. We left Brazil four years ago. We just took everything that we had. But go there. You know, women always, they have different perspective than men. We say, oh, you are crazy. Go there. Just to satisfy her, I went to the ATM, and I found there a hundred reais that on that time was similar to dollar. Today is not that much. But on that time was similar. So I don't know. That's crazy. Or that's crazy. That was I said, but it was a miracle. So we went to Vitoria, the, the town that we lived. Four months later, I went to Sao Paulo to preach in, a, in this church, and I told them this story as I'm, to, I'm telling you today. And when I came to this part that I found that money on my account, this elder in the church said, when was that? So the day was this. 
How much was that? The value was this. And he said, on that day, a group of men in this church were praying for a group of missionaries. And then your name came to my heart. And my wife and I, we decided to send you this offering. He knew nothing about our need on that very day. And then from that, we, we became a very close friend. What I'm saying is, Sometimes things happen to our lives. Oh, just to finish the story. Fernanda was sent to treatment. And she survived. She's still here. You, most of, of you met her. And she has been very blessed for our lives. Sometimes something happens to our lives. Sometimes very serious situation we found ourselves that we do not understand what's going on. But somehow, God's work will be manifested. But you have other kind of questions of the heart. For example, why was he healed? That was the question that the Pharisees Ask it, why this man, this man blind born, was healed? Look at your Bible on, on John chapter 9, verse 13 and 15. They brought to the Pharisees a man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put, on, he put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. There are people who ask wrong questions. They ask questions not really wanting an answer. They ask questions, they're looking for someone to fault. This happened to me because someone did this. That was, that was the true intentions of the, those Pharisees. Looking someone to fault. John 9, verse 15 and 16, we read this. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. The Pharisees were before a miracle never seen before till that day. But they were busy maintaining their own status, trying to find a fault based on rules and regulations, rather than understanding or recognizing what had just happened. Sometimes we did this, we, we sing something great, 
But we say, this is not according to my faith. It's not according to my, uh, my tradition. So we refuse to see the works of God because it brings me uncomfortable. Sometimes we ask wrong questions or express in the wrong way because of that we miss the great opportunity to see God at works at work around us. Because we are so busy asking questioning, we do not stop, we do not shut up our mouth to hear what God is telling us, what God is teaching us, the way as God is showing us to walk on. John chapter 9, verse 30 and 33, we read this. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Look what they are busy with. Just like them, we also miss some opportunities to see the greatness of God in our lives or in the lives of others when we ask questions in the wrong way. Questions, questionings are, are not sin. What you have to learn in our difficulties, in our agonies, in hard times, Sometimes the better way to, to do is stop, sit, listen what God is telling you. Be read to hear his voice and see the teaching of God in our lives. Instead of saying, or instead of asking, why, why, why? The answer is very easy. Why? Because God is sovereign and he do or he does what he wants, where he wants, when he wants. But the good question that you should do is, instead of why God should be, what is this for? God, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching us? In another, in another word is, what is the purpose of being healed? John chapter 9, verse 35 and 36, we read this. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. The, 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 something interesting in this long story is this. In the first part of this story, the center of the story wasn't the, the, the man blind, born, born blind, was or were the disciples. 
The second part of these stories, the center of the story were the Pharisees. Only in the last part of this story, the man who was healed was the center of this story. Even though he was the center on, only on the last part of this story, he was the only one who understood the reason of the whole event. We can read this on, on the verse 35 and 38 of John 9. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus answered, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. The, man, the blind man healed understood that he didn't need to know everything. This is the most problem in our lives. We think that we need to understand everything in our lives. We need to find explanation for everything in our lives. He understood that he didn't need that. What he did he worshipped God. He worshipped his Savior. Period. He, he was healed. And the Bible said he worshipped him. Period. No questions. No whys. No. Why me? God, I was blessed. Even through hard, hard, hard uh, roads. He was born blind. Never saw anything. He was, he was healed. He worshipped him. His job wasn't explain what happened to him, even though many people was questioning him. His job was tell or testify to everyone what Jesus had done in his life. Many people come to me and say, God, uh, Pastor, I'd like to preach. I'd like to, to testify. I'd like to share the gospel, to share Jesus Christ with others. How do I do this? I always say this, do not worry about this. Only tell them what Jesus has done in your life. When you do this, you are sharing the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Tell them. Don't worry about theology. Don't worry about doctrine. They will learn later. Just tell them. I'll tell you, I'll share with you what Jesus has done in my life. Could be through illness. Could be uh, a hard time in the family can, could be anything, even with nothing tragic. But share what Jesus has done and is keeping doing in your life. That was what was that man did. 
when they start to make questions, look the simplicity of his answer on verse 25. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, now I see. This is the purpose of everything in our lives. Share, testify to everyone what Jesus has done in our lives, in my life, in your life. So, when questions come to your mind, such as, why do I suffer? Why my child was, why was my child born with that illness? Why this is happening with my family? And you don't find any answer that brings comfort to you. Try simply resting in God's hand. Like that healed man. The only thing that I know is I was blind and now I see. This is the best way to hear the God's voice and to see the work of God in your lives. Amen. Almighty God, we, we praise you because you have so loved our lives. And because even we do not understand your will, your work on us, your, what you are doing with us, but we still know that you are working. And your will will be done. And we know that your will is perfect. And somehow we will see the results and we will understand the teachings that you are teaching us. Praise you. And ask your grace for those for are suffering today, are in agony for questions that they can't find answers. And you're asking for your healing for the souls and the heart, for those who now are facing those kind of difficulties. Bring your grace. Bring your healing, God. And teaches us how to rest in your hands. We pray in Jesus' name.